listening to Pushing It, where we talk about all things pregnancy, birth, and life with a new baby. Because if you can't laugh about peeing yourself, you might as well laugh at yourself while doing it. I'm Elise McAllister. And I'm Jen Laird. Why, good morning, Jen. Well, good morning. How's it going, Jen? It's bright and sunny. I mean, okay, let's be honest. It's, it's bright and overcast. Yeah, it's bright and overcast. There we go. It's... But Jen feels extra sunny because she's going to meet a famous dog today. I am. Very famous. <laughs> it's very fun. So in my family, we have a uh, wiener dog, also called a dachshund or a dash hound, oh. depending. And I have a peach, what is he? Peach cream, long-haired dachshund. Wow. I always get the this wrong. This is how you know you have bigger kids, because you know all those details about your dog. Well, I get, uh, a, like, corrected every time I try to talk about what he is. I can't come up with, because he's not peach. He's like a light, browny, tanny sort of color. So <laughs> then I get exactly confused. the same color as my golden retriever. Yeah. Yes, that's very true. It's true. So would you call like, that peach? He that's looks weird. like I stuck my golden retriever in the yep. dryer. Or, um, honey, I shrunk the kids. Oh. We have some really cute pictures of the two of them together. They're pretty adorable. Not only do Jen and I love working together, but our dogs love working they together, too. They also love We're each playing other. Fetch together, That's too. very true. Except that Elise went and got another dog, and so this summer I was not the designated babysitter of the doggies because <laughs> I wasn't sure that Baxter would do well with a golden doodle and a golden retriever. <laughs> Mr. Waffles oh. is a little hyper he's, for Baxter. Yeah, he's a little puppyish. It's amazing when they're all the puppies and then they grow out of pup- being puppies and they're like, ugh, I'm so annoyed with you. You're such a puppy. Mr. Waffles had his manhood taken away last week, though, yeah. so he's not very puppy-like anymore. He's very, very dignified. That's where the wa- the Mister comes into his name. He was just Waffles, and now this week he is Mister Waffles. <laughs> did I tell- or maybe uh, he was more Mister last week. I don't know. Uh, whatever. It's up for uh, debate. Did I ever tell you when um, Baxter got? Um, do they get spayed or neutered? They get neutered, neutered right? Okay, yeah. the boy ones. And um, so he has his little operation. I mean, he was just a little guy when we got that done. And um, he comes home. And <laughs> In all he's... fairness, Baxter is always just a little guy. <laughs> True. But he was more of a little guy then. And I don't know how we came up with this conversation, but the kid said something about his ball grave. Like, they, because, you know, I didn't. <laughs> right, because yeah. it's just there and missing. I had no idea that they didn't just, like, you know, on a human, how they just disconnect some of the plumbing to make it not work. Right. It's, but with yeah. dogs, they actually take out the testicles. It's true. I had no idea. And then I felt kind of upset. I was like, why didn't they tell me they were going to take his testicles? Like, what? And what do they do with them? Then They go somewhere <laughs> where all the placentas and the testicles go to, go to live after birth. <laughs> An incinerator, perhaps? Probably. <laughs> so, anyway, yes. Th- back to the celebrity that we're going to see tonight. His name is Cruzo. You might want to follow him on Facebook. He's so much fun. Little Cruzo um, is a dark hair. Like, he's short-haired, dark uh, dachshund. And he makes all sorts of videos. He goes on little adventures. I think his, his uh, human parents make, like... 
you know, they write books and they travel the world and they like do videos of him. And I think that's their way they make money. Wow. What blows my mind is the effort that we put into making this podcast <laughs> reach all the people and that dachshund has managed to actually it's true. reach all the people. But I'm sure it was also a slow, slow getting going for Cruzo as well. Maybe Cruzo could take some of our flyers and <gasps> oh, pass Cruzo. them out. Cruzo should. <laughs> he yes. totally should. I'm sure there are, you know, human moms and dads who need to know about. Oh, because a lot of us dachshund people, <laughs> I'm on a fa- private uh, <laughs> Facebook group for it's dachshund true. lovers. I, I, I'm on a, on a Facebook group See? for mini golden doodle I lovers. I told it's you. It's true. But a lot of us, like, we uh, talk about ourselves as parents. Um, oh, yeah, this is where I draw the line, Jen. I know. I know. Well, okay, that I think that's perpetuated in my house by my oldest child who is like, Mom, your son and she's mm-hmm. not referring to my human one when she says that. <laughs> Look at your son. He's so cute. Mom, come here. Look at him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All I right. like to make my kids responsible for the dog, so I, I don't Ooh. I try not to actually refer to the dog as dogs as my son. So I'm like, uh, your dogs. Uh, so I gotcha. So if you want to know more about Baxter and Mr. Waffles, we'll put up some pictures on social we media should. this week. So check out Facebook and yep. Instagram for pushing a podcast. Also, we'd love to see your bumps and puppies or other pets too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, put and them I, up. We'd I, love to see them. I bet there's some questions out there about, oh no, I'm so worried about my dog. How are they going to handle having um, their human brother or sister come home and live in our house? So We've got lots of tips for you. Quick tip number one, and then we'll get to what we're actually going to talk about today. Um, There's typically a hat that is put on your baby at birth if you're choosing to have your baby outside of your home. Meaning, even in your home, though, too, right? Yeah, that is true. Um, Although uh, the reason I was thinking that is because they're already in your home. Oh, you know, true. Anyway, so that first hat um, that they wear, um, when you do go home to where your dog is or meet your dog, whatever, how do we say that? You know, because if you're having a birth at home, it doesn't matter. Anyway, you're going to leave the place where you're having your baby and go in and you're going to take that um, hat with you. And that is having the smells of the baby on um, that hat and then you just you know give the dog your hat so that um, you have the dog introduced to the foreign smells of this baby that are going to be coming into your house yep there you go there's a quick tip about dogs and babies right there okay Elise what are we talking about today we're making a list and we're checking it twice Ooh, it is getting towards that time of year it's officially the very first week of November and I am in the Christmas spirit why yes you are <laughs> what, no what? I am in the nine months of pregnancy spirit except we have to do we do have to talk about the Hallmark uh, uh movies that they start running about now where everybody um, you know falls in love with like the baker of oh. the town and of we course can't. we yes, don't need to talk about married. it <laughs> nope we don't need to talk about it but we do need to talk about what is on your to-do list because you're making a list and you're checking it twice okay and 40 weeks ish is a, a lot of time and can also feel like 
Well, it can also be like the longest, shortest time, right? Oh, it can. Right? Have you heard that term before? It usually refers yeah. to having a new baby, the longest, shortest time. Yeah. But it also, pregnancy can feel like the longest, shortest yep. time. And it can feel really different during those seasons, those trimesters. Yeah, And totally. what you can accomplish. And you may feel like, uh-oh, I've only got 40-ish weeks to accomplish all these things to get ready to become a parent. I need to do all these things now, and I'm exhausted and nauseous, and how do I do it all? So we're going to break it down for you, podcast style. Which is kind of funny, because <laughs> when I think about um, the beginning of pregnancy, some people have the opposite, where they're like, this baby's never going to come. 40 oh. weeks is such a long time to wait for this baby. And I want to encourage that, yeah, for those who are, are feeling that way, it kind of takes that long to physically and emotionally prepare for this new new um, time in your life, yeah. new phase of life. Plus, All right. You have to grow an entire human being. It's, it takes a while. That's a big project. It if is. you've ever had a project at work or school, I mean... Projects take time, right? Like they do. An entire human being is a big project. It's a lot of creating. Yep. yep. All right. What are you going to do in the first trimester? Let's talk about it. First of all, I think you're just going to get through it. Oh, right? Yeah. I remember just the pressure of the first trimester and feeling like, here we go. First trimester. And I think we hear this a lot, too. Everyone's like, all right. We're in the first trimester. What am I going to get done? I am pregnant. Let's get that checklist going. And then the exhaustion hits and maybe the nausea hits. And there's all this pressure to do it right. Maybe you yeah. have some like eating for two or yeah. nutrition for two, probably more nutrition for two on yeah. the bookshelf. And all you can really get down are some mashed potatoes or French fries. Yeah. And there's the guilt. Yep. Perhaps your very first taste of mom guilt yep. sets in. When um, I was in midwifery school with um, prenatal visits with folks in the first trimester, we would usually um, do, we would ask them to um, look at what their nutrition was, but we didn't really get into that until the second trimester yeah. because the first trimester was a time typically of a lot of nausea and food aversions and smell aversions and all that good stuff. And um, some folks would come in pretty concerned about like, I'm not eating salads. I'm not eating enough fresh fruits and vegetables, etc. because I just don't feel well. And we'd say, yeah, that totally makes sense. So eat some protein. Try to keep that nausea at bay. Thinking about putting like a bag of almonds in your purse that you take out with you during the day, because when you start to feel a little bit nausea, nauseated, oftentimes that has to do with um, a lower blood sugar level. Mm -hmm. And that if we continue to eat protein, even though we don't feel awesome, that can help with the nausea. But um, take a deep breath. It's okay. Nutrition in the first trimester is not going to make or break anything. Nope. And sometimes it's just about carbo-loading, too. Maybe you just need some crackers. Absolutely. That can also really help. So just it's all about getting through. That's the, the theme of the first trimester is yep. rest and try to get through it. The hard part about the first trimester is that people generally can't tell that you're pregnant. Right. So the world doesn't know. And so, it, you know, it's if you're riding public transportation and you get on and there are no seats available, nobody is seeing your, your growing belly and giving up their seat for you. They can't tell. They can't tell that you're pregnant and you're yeah. feeling really sick and offering you a seat. So. Yeah. 
Yeah. I think that can be kind of a funny mind thing, too, of like, I just found out this life-altering news, and yet no one can tell, and I'm not sure I want to tell people right now. So it's kind of an, a, a weird a weird ground to navigate. Um, so let's talk to the people who maybe this is a bit of a surprise pregnancy. Um, and um, I like to kind of say, give it time, right? Let their, your initial response to finding out your pregnancy, you're pregnant, sorry, has nothing to do with long-term attachment with a baby. Absolutely not. Yes. So you could, this could be kind of a big surprise, um, whether that be a welcome or a little bit of an unwelcome surprise. And um, that's okay. Allow feelings to come and go. Feelings change. No feeling is permanent. So how do we allow um, some of that to just kind of come and go and get used to the idea? Often as a baby grows, also the feelings of acceptance, attachment, the altering of one's life that pregnancy brings, um, that will also change as well um and maybe you protect kind of how and when you're going to tell folks and until you've had some time to um kind of engage with some of these feelings of this was a surprise for instance um typically the way people respond to a pregnancy announcement um is one of joy right and if you're not in a place yet where you're um, kind of feeling excited about this pregnancy, then maybe you decide not to tell people and until some of these feelings are different, right? Because not only then would you have to deal with your own feelings, but then you have to deal with other people who are like, "Whoa! oh my gosh, you just must be so excited. You're going to have a baby. Blah, blah, blah. And if that's not where you're at, now you got a double whammy because you could put then um, pressure and shame on yourself of like, why am I not feeling a different way than I am? Um, so marinating, that kind of, that's the word that I think mm, yeah. comes to mind. Marinate in whatever feelings you're having in that first trimester. Um, sometimes we get the question of from folks, um, when do you think I should tell people that I'm pregnant? Oh, that's such a great question. Yeah, so um, one of two thoughts here. Mm-hmm. Um, some folks feel better about not telling people until the pregnancy has advanced itself a little bit more, maybe outside of the first trimester. Um, and then other folks realize, you know what, I'm a community person and um, I'm going to want people to be with me if um, this pregnancy doesn't continue. Um, you were, we were just talking before we got on air here. Elise, about that. Tell yeah. me more about your thoughts. Yeah. So I, I guess just my own personal experience. When I got pregnant, I was that person who at seven or eight weeks was sharing it on social media because I knew that the people that I was sharing that with, I would want to share it with if I had a loss. I'd want them to surround me and be there with me. Now, that's not the case for everybody. You're going to decide for yourself who those people are that you would want to support you if if that is the case for you. Um, and maybe that you don't want anybody to know. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a really personal decision, but think about who you want to tell in the beginning if you want to tell anybody. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, I feel like this is a trend happening now, too. Like, everybody's like, woohoo, look at the way I'm telling people. And there's cakes and balloons and streamers and all sorts of interesting things. Right. Have you seen some of those fails? It's kind of funny. Like, oh, yeah. I feel bad for folks. Like, there's oh, so much pressure so on the announcements yeah. and the, 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 way you reveal the baby sex and I know. oh it's kind of funny. man so if you're into it be into it if you're not don't worry about it it's like a bleep on the horizon right it's like scrapbooking it goes and comes <laughs> it's like scrapbooking right? i love it because that was such a tiny little trend of what right. like the late 90s yes it's so true early 2000s everybody was so into scrapbooking and we all had to run out and buy our scrapbooking stuff all the pinking shears and then all I all the I, pinking shears. I just got rid of some of those. <laughs> I was like, wait, uh, maybe. I think you passed them on to my daughters. Uh, probably. <laughs> I should. I did. Great. Yes. <laughs> so um, if you're enjoying this, do it. If you're not, forget it. There's no pressure. It may pass like pinking shears. Don't even worry <laughs> about it. Exactly. Your baby's gender reveal will pass like pinking shears. Yeah. Don't worry. I'm thinking about maybe getting some comfy clothes because oh. you got maybe this this belly that's starting to pop out a little bit and some changes in your body, but you certainly don't need maternity clothes yet. Well, I mean, maybe you do. Right. I don't know. This is what nobody ever talks about is the in-between belly. Oh, gosh. So the world does a really bad job of showing all the in-between stages of our bodies. And I was actually just at a birth yesterday, and we were talking about what to expect postpartum as she went home from the hospital. And uh, I was like, you know, we really celebrate pregnancy. And as soon as that baby comes out of your body, we're like, Shh, nobody talks about it. Like, True. don't talk about what your body was like or is like in this stage now that the baby's out we don't we don't discuss it right we don't heal it we don't you know it is it is a secret mom's the word mom's the word right and it's kind of the same with pregnancy in your body until you pop out yeah we don't focus on this awkward little change of what bodies go through so there's the bloat yeah right first there's the bloat and then there's this beer belly that you get because baby is below the the belly button for you know gosh the first half of the pregnancy really right and so we don't generally pop out now some people pop more than others sure and that's okay yeah so some folks are out buying maternity clothes from the get-go and that's totally fine because there are some that are cute yep and some that are just all the polyester and just breathable, yucky, yeah, uh, terribleness yep. in the world. So find what works for you, but you might really want to just go ahead and get some nice, stretchy, comfy leggings, dresses, those kind of things that you can wear comfortably for that first trimester. So you might actually consider just getting some clothes that are a size or two bigger, or even some. Um, stretchy material some like elastic waist cute something there because you're also going to be wearing some of these clothes postpartum oh yeah um your pre-pregnancy clothes might not be worn for a good chunk of time yes and you may want to light your maternity clothes on fire once you have a baby so 
light them. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Because you might be so oh, tired of wearing after them. You've after you've right. Baby. Yeah, oh, no, sorry, I was like, sorry, once no. you've had it, what? Yeah, <laughs> okay. no, you might be so sick and tired of totally. all that polyester that you just want to throw them in the fire pit. Oh, come on. It's not all polyester. Mm, it's a lot no, of polyester. It's true. It's yeah. a lot of polyester. It can be. It can be. Try to try to throw in some natural fibers. But yes. Yes. So there's also the hairband trick on your jeans. Oh, yeah. Right? Tell us. Yeah. You can take a little elastic hairband, thread it through the loop of your, your you know, your... <laughs> What is it? The the loop of the G. I'm showing you, Jen. Um, the buttonhole. Hold the buttonhole. There, there we go. go. The loop of the jeans, the also the known jeans as the, the buttonhole. Button yep. <laughs> that. And then it circles around the actual button and back around. Or you can get a belly band, which we yeah. love. Oh, we should put a little link to that on our website for you. Yes, we, we will. We love a good belly band. Also fantastic for going up and wearing as like a tube top in the tub in labor. I love those belly bands as a tube top in labor. Super handy. Excellent. They dry out really fast. All right. Woohoo. We made it through the first trimester. High five. Yay. Moving on to the glorious second trimester. So the majority of folks, sorry if you're not in that majority, are starting to feel better. Um, maybe not that first week of the second trimester, but as things start to chug along, you're starting to hit your groove. You're starting to chug along too. Our heads are bobbing. We're chugging along. Into oh yeah, we are chugging in this room. Second trimester. And this is often a busy time. Lots to think about during the second trimester. Um, gosh, we could list all the things, but we're going to, we're going to shoot through them here. First thing that comes to mind is you're probably starting to read some books. Yep. You've got some work to do now. You're feeling better, so you've got to get to work getting ready for this baby. Yep. So you're probably starting to eat a little bit better where you're now like, hey, I could actually eat a salad. That sounds good. Fresh green beans. Awesome. Sure. I'll have some of that. Broccoli. Yes, ma'am. So try to incorporate um, like this is the time to kind of start thinking more about nutrition. Um, The concept of eating for two makes sense and let's try to um increase kind of some of those nutrient dense foods right yes all right so you're eating better and then you're probably starting to move your body again i'd encourage ooh, you know my soapbox about muscle memory here yes preach it jen so muscle memory um as we um, get our heart rate up all throughout pregnancy and i'm not talking about taking a spin class although if you've been doing spin classes awesome keep keep it up with your spin classing all of that good stuff um as long as you know your providers thumbsing up onto that but the concept (laughs) of muscle memory is that our body as we change in shape and we're not talking about weight here we're talking about shape right because your organs moving your organs moving your baby um taking up more space in your body, your blood, the blood volume, there's so much change that is happening. And I'm not talking just about how big your baby is inside of you. Okay. Huge amount of change happening in the body throughout pregnancy that muscle memory goes, Oh, so with, um, my balance being the way it is with the size of my baby being the way it is, my heart can beat faster and I can work hard and my body doesn't go, Oh no, overload. This is not okay. Ah, stop. Because it's actually kind of prep for birth. You can start prepping for birth in that second trimester. When you go for a brisk walk and your heart rate gets up and you're like, I'm cool. 
no big deal. I might be a little windy, but that's okay. And um, that muscle memory will come into play when you're trying to push a baby out and your um, fight or flight doesn't go, oh, no, there's a problem here. You're working hard um, because it remembers you at other times throughout this pregnancy have worked hard and there hasn't been a problem. Right? And I love this because we see this. We see this time and time yeah. again. So like absolutely every single birth. People who do things to move their body and get their heart rate up. And I'm not saying that you need to go to CrossFit or, as Jen said, go to spin. In fact, we want you to do things like yoga and really let your body be nice and loose and walk. Do those kind of things. This is not about doing hard exercise. This is about feeling comfortable in your body. Yeah. Yeah. Take some naps, too. Go move Absolutely. your body and then go home and take a nap. Yep. Because self-care is also on our second trimester list. Yeah. In fact, it's also on our first, and it's going to be a, on our third a lot. Right. Maybe four times. Right. Thankfully, I'm hearing much more in, I don't know, media today, um, this idea of, like, self-care does not equate to, um, you know, getting your nails done and going to the spa for the day. Um, self-care could look like that, of course, but self-care does not exclusively look no, like that. I, I do like my self-care to look like that, Jen. Of course you do. And can't self-care also be making a cup of tea and sitting down and just having a quiet moment by yourself? Yeah. It also can be getting a really good pregnancy massage. It could be. Yep. Yeah. Lots of different things there. Okay. So, um, Get some books. We're going to put um, some links to some book resources on our website under our um, resources tab. Um, We'd like you to think about reading a variety of pregnancy-related books. So um, the the go-to often has been what to expect when you're expecting. Also, there's a lot of other books out there that might resonate with you. Mm -hmm. Here's the deal. If it makes you feel scared, it's not a good book. Mm -mm. So we've noticed in some of the go-to books, there's a lot of fear. Fear factor. Yeah. Check that out. Check out some other books that don't have a high fear factor in them. We've been noticing a lot. And speaking of education, register for a class because those classes fill up. Now, if you're birthing at a hospital, or even not, um, hospitals have classes. Yeah. But there are a lot of classes that are not in hospitals. So check out what is available in your community. Google. Google. I was just, yes. Google birthing classes. There are so many in Seattle. You cannot throw a stick without hitting a birth class. So true. So um, always hitting people with sticks and yeah. birthing classes. Uh-huh. So um, what would I Google? It would be childbirth education class, yes. birthing class. Can you think of anything else that would probably those are going to be your two yeah. main ones. Um, and then you want to pre-register for those. Um, maybe rather than a group class, you're looking for more of a personalized class that also um, those resources are out there. Um, both Elise and I teach private childbirth classes. So maybe even Google that private childbirth class in Minneapolis. Ooh, shout out Minneapolis. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> See who wants to come into your home and teach you. A lot of doulas do that. Yeah. So check that out as well. And speaking of, second trimester is a fantastic Ooh. time to lock down a doula. And you might be thinking, what? Lock down a doula in the second trimester? I don't need a doula until the third trimester when I give birth at the end of it. As doulas, 
we are going to tell you that it is a rare day that somebody contacts us in the third trimester and we have availability. Yeah. Yeah, so you want to think about doing some searching, doing some free um, meet and greets or interviews, um, one and the same, but, you know, it's nice to say meet and greet, um, with some of those doulas to find out um, in your area, what's kind of the flavor? Who who are you resonating with? Um, there is a, we like to say, a doula for everybody, and you might meet one and be like, yeah, that person was amazing. I could totally see um, having some intimate moments with them in my birthing experience or maybe you're like eh, can't even put my finger on it but I'm not sure what it was that wasn't the best fit for me yeah um so go ahead and set up a few interviews with some doulas and um we'll probably do a podcast at some point too on what are some interview questions to ask and how to figure out who um the best fit for you questions to ask inside of yourself to find that a good match with the doula absolutely and i'd say meet with about three Mm -hmm. but if the first one you meet with feels like a magical fit then go with that doula absolutely because they're it's going to be more about who feels right to you rather than who has the perfect answers to your questions. Absolutely, Trust your gut on that. Yeah. Um, but locking a doula down, even in the first trimester, isn't a horrible idea mm-hmm. because you can still access that doula and it's great so yeah. that you have one nailed down. Um, but check out what doulas do. You can look online and see. And um, certainly there's a doula for everybody. And I think most people can really benefit from a doula. Um and uh yeah we are we are big fans and so check that out second trimester people are often thinking about a baby moon oh a baby moon what is a baby moon so kind of a a fun term that people have used to describe going on a, a little vacation um when you're in your second trimester third trimester in preparation for i'm gonna have a baby let's have a fun little holiday together aka vacation um so maybe you're starting to plan towards um that sometime in second early third trimester is a great time um for that to happen I am thinking of a nice little resource. Um, So Outdoorsy is a company that um, rents RVs, all sorts of RVs, Um, and they are all over the country. So you could even think about, hey, I've always wanted to go to Colorado. Okay, personal experience here. Um, Totally did this last summer. We flew to Colorado, and we had rented an RV in Colorado, and it gave us the opportunity to see a bunch of stuff that we never would have been able to have seen. Um, So can be a really fantastic way to spend um, a vacation renting an RV and then you've got that bathroom right on board you got the bedroom right on board you can go to a lot of places that you wouldn't be able to go potentially because maybe there's not even like hotels in this area right so check that out outdoorsy.com and that's um out and can't you find a link to that through our website? You certainly uh, can. Podcast.com, and it'll take you right to Outdoorsy. And we'd love you to go to for you to go to our website and follow that to that yeah. link. And Jen, if I remember correctly, didn't you get some nice little afternoon naps in, which is perfect for pregnancy vacation? Yes. You get to have your little outdoor na- or outdoor naps. Uh-huh. <laughs> you get to have your little... <laughs> you could outdoor nap if you, you wanted could, to. Or you, you can just... Crawl in the back of that uh, that RV and take a nap. It was 
fantastic. So And there's some pretty swanky RVs available as well. Oh my goodness. All the different ones. All the like, oh, it's a camper van. How fun. Or the like, oh yeah, this is a hotel on wheels. This is so, I kind of like those ones myself because I car camp. And so I can pitch a tent, no big deal. If I'm going to go in an RV, it needs to be swanky and pretty and all of that good stuff. So. I love it. And if I remember correctly, your husband couldn't take all the time off work. So he was even able to pop open his laptop and get some work done too. Absolutely. Which might be perfect if a baby moon can't quite fit into everybody's schedule perfectly. So go to pushingitpodcast.com and check out the link on our resource page. Yeah. All right. So get your baby moon in and enjoy all the feeling good time during the second trimester. Yeah. Um, Yes. All right. Let's check out the, talk about the third trimester. All right, third trimester, a lot of planning. Yes, this is some big planning time. So you're getting closer, and it's things are probably starting to feel real because you are probably showing to the rest of the world that you are going to have a baby. Potentially starting to feel a little more uncomfortable in your body, not mm. sleeping quite as well at night. Um, I would say second half of um, second trimester and into the third trimester is when we hear a lot of people saying, I'm painting the room, I'm buying all the things, I'm setting everything up. In my baby's room and um, coming along with that can feel some pressure and some maybe even some discontent with the old partner, right? Yeah. Maybe we should move some of that into the first part of the first trimester. Yeah. Sorry. The first (laughs) part of the third trimester. So let's break up the third trimester. Let's talk about the first half of the third trimester and what you want to do. And then let's talk about the second half of the third trimester. Ooh, that's a lot of numbers you're throwing in there. I know. I'm following you though. I'm following you. So in the first half of the third trimester, Uh we'd probably want to do that painting, right? Yeah. 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 So prep your space for baby and start thinking about all your prep work. Right. I'm thinking about prepping for your birth. Yeah. Let's talk about birth plans. Start writing that birth plan, meeting with that doula that you hired. Mm-hmm. Yep. Coming up with some um, r- more concrete ideas. You did some of that that reading, maybe that class taking towards the end of the second trimester. And now you have some better ideas about, here's what I, I'm finding about myself that this is the way I want to plan towards my birth and um, maybe getting some of those things on paper. Um, when we think of a birth plan, we think of a one page bulleted point um, uh, plan and not something that is five pages long to hand to your um, provider when you show up for a birth. Nobody has time to read five pages birth plan no. there. I'm also thinking that this is a great time to start to discuss with your provider some aspects of that birth plan. Maybe there's something on there that you're like, uh, is this typical for the place where I live? Because I did some reading on this particular thing. Let's let's pick one out of the hat. I'm thinking about delayed cord clamping, for instance. That that would be a lovely conversation to have with your provider at a prenatal visit to say, hey, I've read about this and this is something I'd really like is this something that I can um, request at my birth? Are you willing to do this? Um, hey, I heard that I might not have to have an IV versus I could just have a port um, for access to a vein um, rather than be hooked up to an IV. Is that something that would be typical? I would like to request that. Having some of those conversations as you've learned these new things, you 
you need to discuss some of that stuff with your provider to get an idea of um, what are some some talking points you need to know whether or not they're like oh yeah sure of course or whether or not this could be something that you would need to have further discussion and kind of some advocacy on your behalf with your provider yes and if this all sounds really overwhelming this is a really great reason to hire a doula because your doula is going to know what is typical in your area hospitals. Yep. And so this doula would say, actually, all of your area hospitals always do delayed cord cutting so that you don't need to put on a birth plan. You can leave that off or nope, that's it's standard to cut right away. So yep. you're going to need to really advocate for that. Yep. So I'm thinking about that there, if you're kind of on the fence. Last week, we talked all about gadgets and things that might be helpful for having a baby at your house. So go back and look at our resource page. We've got some links there to some suggestions for ways to gather things for um, needed for your baby. Make sure you buy them all so you have them. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Jen's like, what? (laughs) But also remember that there's not... Like, don't put pressure on yourself. Like, stores do exist, you know, and... Amazon will always ship them to you. Yes, and you're not buying things um, for a two-year-old. You're buying things for a newborn, right? Um, I I hear people in um, the birthing folks that we work with say, yeah, it's actually kind of fun to go to a store with my two-month-old and pick out an outfit. Or, oh, we didn't really have any toys yet, so we went and we bought some. It's actually fun to do that with the person that you now have because you're it's not a concept you're buying things for or borrowing things for, whatever it might be, reuse, recycle, right? But it's actually... Um, there's this this th- this real person now versus this concept of a baby, right? Yeah. So take the pressure off of yourself to have all the things neatly in the right places for the next two years of your child's life. So if you're you're feeling like the the time that it's going to take to prepare this baby's space is going to take way longer than you have left in your pregnancy. Let me just remind you, your baby has never seen the Pottery Barn baby catalog. Never. I mean, adorable, right? Oh, my goodness. Pinterest does not exist. Your baby does not have a laptop on the inside and is not pinning the most adorable little nurseries and has not been on Instagram either, right? Here's what that baby does enjoy. Your face. (laughs) Breast milk. And your voice. It's true. Two, three biggest things that you could give your your child is your voice, your face, and and food. food. (laughs) In whatever form, breast or formula, depending on what what you're doing, right? So take the pressure off of yourself. Take a deep (laughs) breath. Um, We talk a lot um, with our clients, Elise and I do, about um, going out for ice cream. Yeah. So it doesn't have to be ice cream. But what we're talking about is connecting and attaching with this person who's going to be parenting this child with you because life is about to change and you cramming in more knowledge and information about pregnancy about how to raise an infant a toddler or a teenager um, I, <laughs> <laughs> it's so true it's true I, I do remember having a baby and thinking oh, I need to figure out the best way to start saving for college right now and who has the highest you know interest on a savings account for this baby because if I don't get this started at the time that she's born 
I'm never going to be able to sort this out. And like, whoa, I haven't even figured out my birth plan. Right. So you don't have to figure out everything today. So what what is more important, we feel, and we are just throwing our opinion out there here today, is that there is is great attachment and connection with this co-parent of yours. Because that is where, um, that's the bigger thing, right? Like, life is really going to change when you welcome a baby into your life. And you spending the time to have FaceTime in the real sense where you're looking at their face. Not the phone FaceTime. Not the phone. (laughs) And when you're having some shared experience, that equals bonding, right? So most people don't feel warm and fuzzy feelings by reading a book together about birth. Or the challenges of postpartum. So notice here that we just told you that we wanted you to read books, right? But that was in that earlier trimester. The first half of the third trimester. Yes. Now it is time to put the books on the bookshelf. And it is time to hold the hand and to go outside and go for a walk, go to a dinner, um, go do things that you guys enjoy together to build that attachment, that bonding with this co-parent of yours. That's the bottom line. That's like seriously super, super important, you guys. Take the pressure off and go have some fun. Especially if you're going to take a class, read a book, and hire a doula. Hmm. You're going to have all the information you need to know. Yeah. You need to know about how long birth takes, the different stages. You need to know that birth doesn't look like it does on TV. Yep. You need to know that postpartum takes a lot of time. It takes some time to heal your body. We did we skipped that a little bit, but at some point in the third trimester, early third trimester and late second trimester, in the second trimester, we want you to make some plans for postpartum mm-hmm. and figure out who's going to help you out, what your plan is for work, if you're going to return, yeah. if you're not going to return, and what that's going to look like. Figure mm-hmm. out how that's going to look for your family. Make those plans and all the rest will be fine as far as birth goes. And then think about the two of you. Yeah. Yeah. Elise, have you ever attended a birth and um, you hear a couple say something in regard to, oh, man, I really should have finished that one book because that would (laughs) have helped me right now? No. No. But do you see a couple gaze into each other's eyes or laugh about some shared experience. And that's the connector. That is the magic of the experience. Yes. I was at a birth yesterday and she was breathing right along with me and doing so well. But when he walked into the space, we were in the, in the bathroom and she was in the tub and she was coping. But when he walked around the corner, he was having a little bite to eat And he came in and he held her hand and he looked into her eyes. Oh, yeah. It just, the, it just took it away for her. Like the way that she coped was so differently when he was breathing with her. And I was (laughs) filling in for another doula. I had never met them before this moment. And I couldn't believe how much love was there and how much connection was there between the two of them. Jen's going to start crying. I know. Like, you totally gave me goosebumps over here. But that's, and and um, let's also take away the pressure of 
pregnancy can be a time of a lot of change and some challenge too. So every moment of nine months of your life is not going to be bliss and feel this total connection because this is a real life, right? Um, But I do think that there is that way to um, fill up the love tank, right? Where you guys have a love tank. Well, it is like it's a filling up of reserve, right? When, when we have an argument, um, if uh, we feel like our, our tank is full or whatever, our cup, whatever you want to call it, right, is full, then we have reserves to draw on from like, oh, yes, I do remember warm, squishy feelings that I've had with you versus the real difficult argument and misunderstanding that we're having currently. Whereas if it's been misunderstanding after misunderstanding after misunderstanding and you've got this really low reserve, then it becomes challenging and the whole picture kind of looks a little more gray versus happy, right? So that's why we're talking about finding these shared experiences. If you guys are arguing about putting together a, um, I don't know, the, the registry for stuff for your baby, to be honest, that might be something that you do with some friends, or maybe your partner is much more into it than you are. Awesome. Give it to your partner. Like, I don't, I don't want to say that all birthing folks um, are really into, you know, uh, registering for things and thinking (laughs) about that sort of stuff, because that's not always the case. Sometimes it's your partner who's like, yes, I really want to take this on. So um, I guess learn from maybe even (laughs) talking about this makes me realize some of the pressure that I put on my own relationship. Like somehow um, my my husband being as excited as I was or needing to read these books, I felt abandoned in some of that where actually now in retrospect, I'm like, that wasn't the most important thing. Like he knew how to support me in labor. He had gone to some classes with me, but I felt this like deep pressure to plan for parenting versus just growing into parenting. Does that make sense? The mm-hmm. subtle difference is you're not you're not planning for um you're not living into retirement but you're definitely saving for it, right? And I feel like if we would have if I would have taken some of that pressure off, it probably would have really helped our relationship. So, interesting. Sorry, Dave. <laughs> I think we're doing fine. But, you know, it's one of those things where after you do it, it's like being a bridezilla. Like if you um, yeah. were like so into the wedding and then afterwards you go, well, that was a day. OK. Yeah. You know, you plan for a life, not an event. Right. Yes. Um, and I think relationships are just that. It's two humans that you can't actually you got to have the resources and um, the support, but also you got to just live the life and see how things are going to pan themselves out. So our bottom line is all the things on this list, as long as you get some good resources in your life to help you get through that day, mm-hmm. some people, some support some plans for your postpartum, all the rest will take care of itself. Yeah. Yeah. Plan for the life, not the day. Oh, let's just say that one more time. Plan for the life, not the day. Ooh. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. on that note... Check us out on pushingitpodcast.com. Share us with your friends. Check us out on Instagram and Facebook. 
We also want to see your dogs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we totally want to see your dogs. We want to see your dogs. The first babies. Your first babies. Yeah. Or your babies with your dogs. Oh, oh, that's way better. We want to see your babies with your dogs. Oh, yeah. But please share us around. Send us your feedback. And uh, plan for your life. All right. Until next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.